man always wins. That always fucking does. piece of shit. Does. That bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome everyone to the Big One Podcast. We're a motorsports podcast. We talk motorsports and racing and and uh, all kinds of little stuff. We do a lot of a lot of traveling. Sometimes we go to races like this past week, which was kind of fun. And with me to my left and my right are Baby G and new guy. Say hi to the folks at home. Hey folks at home. We are ready to break it down. Hey. Oh, break it down. We will break it down. We will. Um, we're podcast big one. You can follow us at podcast big one on Twitter or send us emails at podcast big one at gmail.com. Um, we've got a, hopefully a full episode, a definitely probably a long episode, especially if I end up clipping in some things. Um, but we're going to break down Charlotte and then we're going to break down, uh, a pair of races this weekend in totally different, or sorry, three race trio races in two different places. Um, we're a trio here in in a trio of places, uh, but we weren't last week. Let's get right into some race recaps uh, right after we hear from our sponsor, Baby G. Who's our sponsor this week? This week we got a big one. So we've got the Beast Unleashed with our sponsorship this week. So we did a little sampling out at the track and... My initial review is it's a 5 out of 5. I absolutely loved it. The Mean Green was fantastic. The other two flavors we had were also good. Thank you, Monster the Beast Unleashed. I don't think I ever tried the fourth flavor. I definitely had the red and the white because that's what we had day one. But then I, I tried the green one and I liked it, but I don't know what the fourth one was. What was it? I don't recall. I only remember having three. Maybe yeah, maybe it was a twelve pack of three flavors, and that's all that there was. That would make yeah. more sense because we kept finding like another one and being like, "Huh, I thought we were out of that." For the fans yeah. at home uh, who aren't as degenerate as we are, uh, the Beast <laughs> Unleashed is Monster Energy's uh, seltzer, and yep. uh, yeah, it's really Tyler Reddick sponsor. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, I, I saw they have a booth set up this week at Milwaukee Mile. I was like, where the fuck was that last week? Come on, guys. Come on. I know. Give me free seltzers. We did try a seltzer, um, worth noting, uh, yeah. I, mostly because I got a koozie out of it. What was and, it called? And some glasses things, um, thanks to Baby G. But uh, it was called like... Wait, 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 wait. Don't tell you, don't, they didn't sponsor us. They don't get free advertising. Okay, well, it's only in the Carolinas area anyway, so it's not like they're a, they're a heavy hitting brand. I like to I like to support the little guy. Um, speaking of little guys, let's jump right into Muniz Watch. Muniz Watch. Oh, very good, very good. Um, yeah, welcome to Muniz Watch, aka the segment that we do every week and have done since <laughs> the inception of the podcast. Appreciate you coming by. Um, we saw Frankie in the flesh this week. We saw him race Arca at, uh, Charlotte, me and baby G listened in to the audio between him and his spotter. How would you characterize the communication between him and his spotter or more specifically the communication of Frankie Muniz's spotter to Frankie? 
It was interesting to say the least. I don't know if I've even got the words to describe it. It was very motivational, very inspiring, and just kind of warmed my heart. Yeah, the spotter was basically just coaching Frankie through almost every single corner. Um, it was a lot of communication. Uh, there was a lot of improvement that Frankie could be doing, and it was it, it was very interesting. I mean, I've only listened to spotter coverage of uh, or like spotter driver radio of of you know like truck and upwards, and there really isn't a huge amount of coaching going on. So it was very interesting to hear like just constant communication between the spotter, like telling him how to get through the corners and correcting him on mistakes he was making. Um, but most of the race, he was in around 10th place, which is pretty standard for our friend Frankie. But at the final restart, he straight up bad boy moded it and ended up finishing sixth. Jumped yeah. four spaces on the final restart. Well done, Franklin. We're all proud of you here at the Big One Podcast. I'm not surprised by basically any of his actions during the race. Um, I do find it really interesting. He's, I think he's learning the right way. But this is what I've seen in basically all of the races that he's been in this year. Is basically he goes in. It's his first time at these tracks, you know. And he goes in and he runs the race in such a way that he's out there just logging laps. Like he, anytime someone gets beside him, he drops back, he gets away from them, he runs the way up top line or the way bottom line, and then when, whenever he's by himself, he runs the middle, and then maybe he tries the bottom, and then maybe he tries the top, and it doesn't surprise me that he's got a spotter in his ear trying to tell him exactly how to learn from the other folks on the track that are doing better yeah. than him. It's super helpful information. And then, yeah, he absorbs it like a goddamn sponge. And uses it and squeezes out that sponge on a final restart to go from 10th to 6th. No surprise. No surprise. Uh, This kid, like, oh, I'm going to say kid. He's older than us, I think, right? You can Um, I'll give you permission. Yeah, he's a kid in in rookie years, right? So, um, yeah, he just, he's learning the right way. And that's super encouraging. I've seen way too many drivers that I've been hyped about. Um, and, and people that I want to see do well in ARCA and lower series and, and truck and everything not learn this way, and it actually kind of upsets me. Um, I hope Frankie, though, it, when he does get bigger chances and better chances, because they're definitely going to come his way, I hope he has that aggression a little bit earlier on. In ARCA, you can kind of like float around, and you will float around in the 10th to 14th range and be okay. In truck, if you're floating around, you're back in 28th. Like, that's just, and you're just not going to finish well. You can't go from 28th to 6th in the last restart kind of thing. So, um, Arca is working. Still second in point. He's uh, he's second right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but oh, yeah, points, he's second. Points he back. is two points back. Tony Breidinger watched. She finished 12th. Jesse Love finished first, won the race. Another thing about Breidinger, she's racing trucks this week, and she actually qualified 18th. So, really nice qualifying there for, for Tony Watch. Nice. Yeah, and then in that Victoria's Secret truck, right? Uh, number one. Um, cool. Jesse Love ended up winning. Jesse Love, I think, has won three um, races so far this year. Uh, just one of those up-and-coming kids, 16 years old, I want to say. Um, just super young. Will be making uh, his way through the various series coming up very, very soon. Nice. Um, let's go ahead and click that Twitter link. Let's go ahead and watch the end of this Portland Raceway finish from yesterday. 
All right. All right. Y'all ready to start it? Oh, yes, sir. Okay, I'm restarting. Okay, I'm ready. All right, go. Okay. Don't know why I don't have audio, but that's okay. That first turn, that first turn's really interesting, like kind of a bus stop right as you get started. That's Those are the stands that I want to sit in, and I did sit in last year at Indy. Oh, nice, nice Where? corner. Oh, they're side body by in. Side. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. It's a big spoiler on these cars. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's an interesting body that they run. I, they were so aero-dependent at Charlotte, and a big part of that's because of that giant spoiler. Yeah. What's cool, so, like, those stands that I was talking about, that all of these S's on the backstretch, or, like, like uh, I say backstretch, kind of on the backside there, if you sit on the very, looking at the stand's left side of it, you can actually look over the fence and see all of those S's. Ooh. It's one of the better seats I've seen nice. in any road course anywhere. Oh, boy. So we for sent the head in there. Home, <gasps> oh, my. Between good, good. first and second and the earlier half. Second half. Oh, my God. Second and third spin each other out. Is this coming to the finish? Yeah, it is. Wow. Well, Man, you know, I watched that whole thing, and the one thing that I said that I was going to do early on in the lap was check to see uh, it where Frankie was. Assu assuming Frankie was in this, I you know, I actually don't know. I I haven't seen anyone's name yet, so I don't know who all was. Racing I think it was it. the other Arca series. Yeah, you're right. It is. Yeah, West versus East here. Um, it looks like Cole Custer was the one in the 55, though. Uh, so Cole Custer uh, goes out there, and uh, and uh, well, wipes out. That's <laughs> uh, funny. Amazing. Good stuff. Good good finish. Go Portland. Yay, Portland. Well done. Portland. Get weird. Where is that in the city? Uh, it's directly north. So, like, f I live on the Vancouver side, so across the river. So it's actually kind of closer to the Vancouver side. But um, basically, as you cross from Washington into Oregon along Highway 5, which wrong, runs along the west coast of the United States, um, is before you get to any part of the city. Um, it's, like, right there along the Columbia. Gotcha. Pretty track needs better stands is all I got to say. Um, I'll save a little bit for when we get to the Xfinity portion for next week. Uh, cool. Uh, any last comments on Arca? Any of our watches? Uh, I love you, Frankie. That's yeah. it. <laughs> baby G, you got any love to shout out? Tony, baby, it was good seeing you in Charlotte. There you we'll go. Maybe see you again soon. <laughs> uh huh. Nice. Uh, Played right into my hands. Thank you, boys. Playing with a tired, tired podcaster. Uh, All right. Yeah, get us. Yeah, go, get us out. Here. <laughs> I, I got it. I am on top of it. I got some beast in me. Um, we're talking truck. Let's talk truck at Charlotte. Uh, the only one to happen at the time in which it was supposed to happen of the big three. Um, stage one, we had Corey Heim capturing a win. Stage two, we had Carson Hosevar, and stage three, we saw our, our old friend. Uh, a guy that we saw win a championship, uh, Ben Rhodes, go out there and take the victory. Um, pretty, I, I think the fact that we had two different stage winners and then a different race winner is pretty indicative of the race that we saw. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good race. Yeah, not too bad. Trucks driving around fast. 
You love to see it? If that is an informative commentary, I don't know what is. Uh, yeah. What did you think was the better race between Truck and Arca? Truck. Yeah, Arca thought, was so aero-dependent. Yeah, I thought Truck's was awesome. This is my first time having the racing scanner, being able to pop around to the spotters, and, and even just having MRN live at the track was, was fantastic. So very different experience for me, my first time having the scanner and being able to just pop around to, okay, that guy's in a good battle. Let's see what's going on on his radio. Okay, they're kind of just log in some laps let's get on mrn and see what the you know tire strategy is pit strategy is it was it was really cool to be able to have that and um just recalling personal memories i i just remember Rhodes and heim they battled super hard this whole race and Rhodes Rhodes took it at the end yeah uh cory heim a uh, little teaser here i guess not a teaser it's kind of mean um to call it a teaser uh cory heim is going to be out this week uh uh illness will not be racing this week so i did not yeah, see who's a, replacement driving but a dang shame for him um yep. you know my fun fact about hosevar here is that uh while getting interviewed about the rain delays on saturday uh he said that he likes the rain delays and the chaos that it creates and the uh interviewer really did not know how to respond to that yeah yeah Carson kind of has like the opposite of the Ross Chastain interview effect where when people interview Ross, he's both so put off by the interviewer, but also putting off the interviewer themselves Mm. that everyone just wants it to end. Uh Carson kind of like spits it back at whoever is interviewing him, which on Saturday was a driver's only broadcast, which I think made it even better. Um, But like he, he spits it kind of back at the interviewer to make them part of the scene as well. Um, Improv uh, wording coming out. Um, Yeah, really, really. Yes. ands. yeah. Yes. Lots of yes. ands from Carson Osobar. Truth. Uh, A lot of different hats. The boy wears, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I feel like he, uh, he borders on being a meme Lord. He's the closest to (laughs) meme Lord that NASCAR has. Does NASCAR need a meme lord? I'm bringing out my rap. No, I don't think it does. But maybe to bring the kids in, maybe to pull that. I mean, you know, uh, F1 really benefited from Lando Norris's meme lordiness. Fair, Uh, fair. So, I don't know. Maybe we need some meme lords and Twitch streamers in NASCAR. Are there any NASCAR drivers that Twitch stream? What would they Twitch stream? Like just iRacing, iRacing maybe? Yeah, dude. Or I'm Roblox. Sh- some must. Some must. There's got to be. It would shock me if there wasn't anybody who had a presence on that platform. But then again, I don't know that that many drivers iRace for like pleasure versus like iRace for practice. Yeah, you know what it's I mean? work. It's not a hobby. Exactly. Yeah, yeah maybe not. It would be interesting to see. Ooh. Definitely, maybe, if anyone, it's definitely lower-end drivers or drivers that are, like, uh, really young. Yeah, um, if you Google NASCAR driver Twitch stream, it just brings up uh, the event that got Kyle Larson banned. So um, <laughs> Classic, yeah. I would yeah, assume yeah. that the fact that there's no, nothing bigger than that means no. Yeah. Um, cool. What a call. Cool. And with, yeah. <laughs> and with that, let's move on to what was supposed to be a Saturday race, which got ra- rain delayed twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, that's not true. Got rain delayed. One, two, three, four, 
four times mm. into a Saturday. Uh, sorry, oh my God, Monday night race is what it became eventually. Yeah, um, it was supposed to be a Saturday day race and didn't go off Saturday. Obviously, didn't go off on Sunday. Tried to go off on Monday morning. Got rain delayed twice during that. Got forty nine laps in. Ty Gibbs wins stage one. Ty Gibbs ends up winning stage two. And then uh, we got to talk about stage three because something happens to Ty Gibbs and Justin Allgaier ends up winning. Um, oh, what do we yeah. see? Ty Gibbs had issues with his radio where I believe that a button was stuck down that was causing annoying noises. So he had his crew, like he had one of his crew members jump in through the passenger side window to f- completely change his wheel out, I believe. And, uh, yeah, he ended up losing a bunch of positions, almost went a lap down. He was so fast all day, I assume that he just thought he would be able to fight his way back up. But either something changed with the track dynamics or just being in dirty air uh, hurt him, and he was never able to get back up to the lead. I think that's what it was. I think it was just dirty air, uh, to your point. I think I, I agree that I think Ty Gibbs thought that he would be able to race back up. Um, although I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that you're being a baby if you just hate the fact that your radio is making weird noises, uh, not being able to communicate sucks. Uh, and even though it used to be a much more common occurrence, doesn't mean that guys should be able to put up with it. Uh, you gotta be able to communicate with your team and he could not. So you've got to remember he already ran 600 laps earlier in the day as well. So maybe it was just like, man, I I can't stand this radio enough that. I'm, I'm exhausted. I just got to come in, or he felt like he was going to wreck or something if he didn't come in to get it fixed. Yeah, yeah. His tolerance level was already at an all-time low, just like mine with y'all right now. Aww. <laughs> um. Great. Uh. So, I is it worth telling the folks at home our sat our Saturday, I guess, experience our our Xfinity experience through the weekend? Want to be do a quick recap of that? Sure. Okay, I didn't know if y'all were going to make uh, make me not say it just because it kind of makes us seem a little bit lame. But we didn't try to go to the racetrack Saturday. We knew it was going to rain. Called that one off easy. Uh, Sunday, knew that if they were going to do anything, they were only going to do 600. Didn't go. Uh, Monday, went in, got there early enough to see the start and the green flag and everything. Um, Watched those 49 laps through agonizing rain delays. Um, got through the cup race and then got through the end of stage two of the Xfinity race. And then we're like, yo, we gotta go. <laughs> uh, it was, it was just too long, uh, too long of a day. Uh, and honestly, the, the Xfinity race good. was the worst. So yeah. Yeah. when you're 12 hours at the track and you've got to return the scanners, you've got to drive back. People got travel plans the next day. It's like, let's call this. We can see the rest of the finish at home. And we did see the last 40 laps or so. So that was, I think in our all, all things considered by the crew chief, great call there, getting us out of the track and, and home safe. Yeah, uh, it was surprising. We went from like a maybe 75% crowd to by the end of that second stage uh, at Xfinity to like a 10% crowd. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's generous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which honestly, like, you know, I think seeing how much of the crowd left – like that makes me have a lot more sympathy for Ty Gibbs here. 
Yeah. Like if everyone <laughs> in the crowd is getting fed up with it, we've not had to drive, you know, like 600 or 800 miles already today. So. Yeah, but he also didn't have to have a couple beers and like nurse a hangover <laughs> and then get stone cold sober. That That's was the true. biggest reason I needed to leave. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> he did get really crossfaded on Sunday. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Got nothing better to do. Oh, good rumors. Um, um, Allgaier did a great job saving fuel. I don't know if we mentioned that, but it came down to a fuel race at the end there. And uh, yeah, it. I mean, it. Well yeah, that that's a really good call out. Uh, is the only fuel mileage race we had all weekend. Um, and Charlotte, especially the Coke 600, used to be a big fuel mileage race. I remember so many Coke 600s ending with like a guy that's like half a lap ahead, and you just being like, "Well, he's either gonna run out." and make it or he's not and then i remember teal jr i think was leading one of them and ran out of gas on the back stretch and got passed coming like to the entry to pit lane basically um i think by kevin harvick my memory is relatively good so speaking of dale jr so all guys uh junior motorsports car and on the podcast this week for dale jr it was they sounded really excited that they finally got a win and it was interesting because Allgaier actually said he was clocking better laps when he was saving fuel versus when he was going flat out. So something with him just getting into a rhythm, trying to save and maybe locking in a little more, he started running a little bit faster when he was saving versus going flat out. Mm-hmm. Well, baby, baby G, I, you're, you're going to be able to talk about this when you break down your breakdown of your breakdown. Um, but y- when you were running your laps in the go-kart and couldn't break, uh, again, breaking down your breakdown here, um, you would let off the gas, right? And that's how you would drift into the corner. That's how you save gas, and that's how you save gas on, this, on these big tracks. You just let off, and you kind of let it drift in. Most of the time, that means you're not attacking the corner too hard. You're not squealing the tires in the middle of the corner. You're rolling through the center a little bit better, and then you're picking it back up a lot earlier. And so, yeah, your lap time is speed up. What's the old adage? Slow down to speed up. Very true. Yeah, a little bit of feathering on the pedal instead of just putting it all the way down to the floor. You you get a nice clean exit out of the corner and get that acceleration ramped up. I don't know how I found that breakdown, the breakdown, but it really works if you consider the two words break being different. Um, Yeah, it works. All right, cool, cool, cool. Oh, my notes turned themselves off. But any last comments on Xfinity, or am I moving us along? Unfortunately, no. we didn't get to see it on Saturday. I think a Saturday afternoon race and then having Sunday night free would have been cool, but yeah. at least they got it in. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. went out Saturday night in uh, downtown Charlotte. It was good times. The dream. Some of us did. Look at me. I got two <laughs> crossfaded two, two nights in a row. <laughs> oh, shocker. Jeez. Really learned some lessons <laughs> there. We'll see whether or not I actually apply them. Um, should we talk about this cup race? <laughs> Let's get into the cup race. Cup race also delayed Sunday. Uh, supposed to be Sunday night start. Rained all day on Sunday. Um, and then in, in the evening, maybe it looked like there was going to be a pocket at various times um, while we were watching Monaco and while we were watching the Indy 500. Um, but there just never was and it never never let up enough. The NASCAR I, on both days, Saturday and Sunday, did a good job of basically letting the fans know it's not going to be worth coming here. Bob, being the saint who he is, letting so many fans know it's not going to be worth coming here. Um, hold off, hold off. If it if it if we get a break, we'll let you know, and you'll have 90 minutes to get here, basically. Um, and it just never happened, and they called it pretty early, and we're like, all right, Monday, doubleheader. And, uh, and also, 
Really cool move here of NASCAR. If you had a ticket to either Xfinity or Cup, it got you in for both on Monday, which is the right move uh, most of the time. So, The funniest thing about the entire weekend was literally every single day, the radar and weather apps would be showing zero to like 10% chance of rain. And we were getting absolute torrential downpours on Sunday. It's oh, like, yeah. what are these models looking at? Because we're at the Airbnb and like there's really a river running down the road. So it's like Sunday yeah. <laughs> Sunday is not happening. And if it does, they're going to have to dry this track for two hours and we'll get there. So yep. everyone just made their own plans, made a day of it. And man, Monday, 900 miles of racing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, really. Well, and uh, it sucks not getting the, the, you know, the triple header of the Monaco, Indy, and Cup all on the same day. But uh, having a double header on Monday with Cup after, t- you know, two other good days of racing um, on Friday and, and Sunday was pretty nice too. So, yeah. Who wants to take us through the race? <coughs> Baby G, why don't you do it? All right, stage one. Um, only note here is Jimmy Johnson, man, he's looking rusty. So lap 74, he goes into the wall, causes a caution, goes into the garage, ends up coming out. I don't have a whole lot else on stage one. It was kind of like with no practice, no qualifying. A lot of the guys were just feeling it out. So you just had relatively clean racing and William Byron ends up taking stage one. So st- uh, can you remind me, was the end of stage one or was it the end of stage two that uh, all of the legacy motor club cars went to the garage? I, I think it was stage two. Yeah, stage two because Jimmy – let's jump right into stage two here. So Jimmy Johnson drives up into Gregson, spins himself out again. So it's like literally the fans are just – everyone in the crowd's like throwing their arms up like, come on, dude, mm-hmm. get, get locked in here. This is this is the big race. Um, damages himself and Gregson, just ugly stuff all the way around. Man, not being able to practice at all on the weekend, that sucks extra hard for Jimmy. Like, if oh, this yeah. is the only race that you're running – all right, I feel I feel I feel bad for Jimmy now that I'm thinking about this. The fact that he got to know do no practice runs, and his first time behind a wheel of one of these cars this year is at the green flag. That fucking sucks. Yeah, talk about damaging his legacy. Yeah. Speaking of memester moments earlier in the podcast, we had a little bit of meme action with Kyle Busch. So he gets into Kezo spins. Ends up driving backwards around the track all the way from, like, middle of the backstretch all the way through three, all the way around four, and then flips it around and drives into the the pit. So is that something that he did to, like, not get himself stuck and have to get pushed, or was he just doing that to do that? So he claims that once he started backing up that he needed to get all the way to where pavement was to have enough room to do one of those backwards j turns that he did uh to get back turned the right way and granted there's not a lot of space there on the bottom um with with the grass there but he when he originally wrecked he had plenty of space there he kind of chose to put it in reverse and then kind of was a victim of his own choice his crew's like on the radio yelling at him like turn the car around we need time to work on it or we're going a lap down and he's yelling back well i can't get up on the on the track otherwise i risk damaging the underbody and again i don't think he's wrong there but i think he already put himself in that scenario so um it was comical it was very comical yeah i thought i thought i was great 
It was very weird. Everyone in the crowd was very confused about why he was driving backwards. And <laughs> I just uh, wanted to see him finish the race I was that here way. For it. That was great. Yeah, stay backwards the whole time. Come on. He still would have beat Jimmy. Be baby. Yeah, arguably the biggest storyline of the entire race here. So Hamlin and Chase Elliott, who wants to who wants to talk us through this one here? What what happened and what's the fallout? A new guy, talk us through it because I got I got big reactions over here. Yeah, so Hamlin and Chase, you know, they've got a history dating back towards or to like when B Boy was living here in Chicago. Like I distinctly yeah. remember us back when I was an Elliott fan, sat in your apartment eating a bunch of wings and watching uh, Chase squeeze Hamlin into the wall at Phoenix mm-hmm. in a textbook way, cut his wheel, went down. They have a history, uh, and. Hamlin, if I'm correct, had been sort of like side by side with Chase for one or two laps before this incident, squeezing him up in the wall, like not not pushing him, like giving him enough room, but just barely enough room. So they come out of uh, turn four and Hamlin is really, really squeezing Chase here, gives him, I mean, again, still enough room. He didn't push Chase into the wall, but Chase Mm -hmm. gets into the wall a little bit straightens his car out and then hooks it left into Hamlin uh, who then has, you know, I was looking at them when this happened uh, in, in person. Like I, I was convenient, like fortunate enough, a rare opportunity where I was actually watching the cars that the crashed mm-hmm. and it didn't look that horrible in person. Rewatching this on TV. This is it's a bad. violent crash. Yeah. Um, Chase hooks them into the wall and Denny is, furious i think rightly so both their cars are wrecked both their days are over yeah um it's time for me to get on a soapbox and break down the takedown here oh boy the important context that we need before i do that though is baby g can you break down um what happened post post race post day the next day what happened post race fallout so um, Elliot suspended one race. It was very clear when you watch the tape. They have the what is it, SMT data or SMS data? Yeah, I think SMT. SM, yep. SMT data. It was a very fast decision. Watching it live, we all are looking at the video board, watching replays, and they kind of get into each other. And all of a sudden, you see that car just goes left. In the interview, Elliot goes, "Oh, I just couldn't get the steering wheel straight." That's complete BS. Like he literally was driving straight and just turned left, hooked him at like 180 miles an hour. 100% yep. unacceptable. Like all the fans are like, "Yep, clear hook." Immediately we're just like one race, he's done. Coming out of this as well, Corey Lejoy is going to get a big big chance at Gateway. He is going to be in the number kind 9 car next week. Yeah, and uh Carson Hosovar will be taking the 7 car uh this week for his Cup Series debut, which is a pretty big opportunity for him as well. So I'm a little ironic about a guy that has right-hooked uh, people twice in the truck series um, getting his first break because uh, someone right-hooked someone in cup. Um, but that's what's happening, so whatever. Um, yeah, really excited for Corey. But um, yeah, now now Bryant's soapbox is out. I'm standing firmly upon it, and I'm fucking furious, man. I, I oh, Nice, nice air horn. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I try and insert some air horns here. <laughs> I, I was fit. I was so pissed. Um, like I, in in the same way that I was really let down. We we mentioned Larson's uh, eye racing incident a while back here. Um, I was so let down as like a fan of this person when this happened. I was so mad 
and seeing red. I mean, I, I stood up almost immediately and amongst y'all and amongst the chase fans in our section and was just screaming. That's a one race suspension park his ass. Like I'm done. That's where I was at. I was just at that level. Um, I don't like it. I didn't like it when Bubba did it last year. Yeah. I still consider myself to be a Bubba fan, but in this case, like for me, this is my basically final straw with chase. Um, we've documented very well on this podcast how since becoming a champion, um, it turns a lot of drivers into whiners. Chase is absolutely in that Martin Truex territory of one of the worst whiners since being a champion, expecting people to get out of his way, expecting people to race him super cleanly. It To me, it was hard racing. Uh, Denny did that to you. Guess what? You get to do it to Denny. You get to race him yeah. the same way at any other track. That's the way you get back at a guy like that. Um and just right hooking a guy is never, ever, ever acceptable. Um, almost even worse coming from a guy that complained about the safety of these very cars last year. Um, I get it. You see red in the moment, and that's all you can think. But, like, the penalty must must not be high enough. I We're going to have to start ramping this up, NASCAR, and I'm glad you're consistent. And at least you penalized him. But, like, people aren't getting this through their fucking heads, and it's ridiculous. Um, I like the fact that NASCAR is probably the safest motorsport out there. That's a really fucking cool thing. And when the drivers themselves are the ones jeopardizing it and, and then complaining about the car and their off weekends, um, which, you know, Chase, Chase can think about this for a weekend. I don't think it's going to influence anything. They need to have more severe penalties. I don't see why he has a playoff waiver if he's going to be out there doing this bullshit. Um, and end of rant. Yeah, I think like... What especially makes this bad is after he does this, he on the radio complains about how, like, Denny, he's like, that bastard put us up in the wall twice. And, like, it makes it obvious that he retaliated because he thought that Denny put him in the wall. Chase, Denny didn't put you in the wall, bud. You put yourself in the wall. You had enough room. Yeah, like, it was it was retaliating to like something that didn't actually happen i think yeah denny did put him in the wall earlier uh like denny i believe did squeeze him up in the wall on an earlier lap but like yep the retaliation happened when denny gave him enough room (laughs) like welcome to nascar chase look look at um i forget what race it was at earlier in the year but christopher bell blamed uh, uh, he ended up wrecking someone, but he blamed Ross, who was way down to his inside, and there was a good car length between them. But he blamed Ross, and the reason he did was he saw he was down there. He knew Ross wasn't going to be able to make the corner um, and was just like, I need to go wide here. In Chase's small defense here, um, as a non-fan of Chase now, um, is that coming out of turn four, Denny lifts up off the bottom line a little early, uh, he didn't. He didn't slip up. He didn't. Wasn't trying to catch the car. He didn't like jerk the wheel up or anything like that. But he came up a little bit earlier than you'd expect for a guy that was inside of you. Chase probably reacted to that, and even the slightest little twitch of the wheel to the right sent Chase up into the wall um, or way out of the gas, which was going to be just as disastrous for him and his lap, and if not his race. Um, so you know, there's other things besides just getting squeezed up into the wall. Sometimes just the way the guy runs you, right? But um, the thing that disgusted me, um, uh, I'm going to finally let y'all talk in a second, I promise. Um, the thing that really disgusted me was Chase's fans. Um, and this is probably the biggest reason that I don't think I can be a Chase fan anymore, uh, is that 
the amount of folks that were just like, he said, it, you know, the wheel uh, uh, was broken or that he couldn't drive. He's just making up excuses for their driver. Like when Bubba, this happened to Bubba last year, I remember we were all texting each other and immediately I was like, that's unacceptable. And the guy needs to be parked. You can be a fan of a driver and hold a person accountable. Um, I feel the same way about politics and basically anything else that I support people in. Um, you can, you can, you know, vote for someone you can, you can root for someone and then you can also hold them accountable when they're being a fucking uh, child. And that's what chase was. Um, the fact that people tried to blame Keslowski saying that he turned chase into him. I, I just on it. Oh, I hate everyone so much. Any, now. Anyone um, who doesn't think that this is an intentional act is delusional and just blinded by their fandom of chase mm-hmm. Elliott. And you've got to just open your eyes and live in the real world here because that was an intentional act. I agree with you. B boy. One week is not enough because you get your playoff. You get your win. You're in the playoffs. This is just going to happen more and more with guys who are in the lead. They get a little frustrated, and you hook somebody on on a speedway like Charlotte Motor Speedway, and lucky that this new car is so safe because it's it's just getting ridiculous what some of these guys are doing out there. I think I think like a, a suspension of any kind, like having to miss a race or two races, NASCAR doesn't really hand them out that much anyway. A suspension of any kind should basically count as a negative win. Meaning that if Chase wins a race, still, he only gets back to zero wins. Meaning oh, that he's not in the playoffs yeah. yet. Right? He can still point his way in, but he needs to get a win, basically, just to get on the same level of those that haven't won. I'm on board so, with that. Yeah. How about that stage two winner, though? Who who took it home here? I forgot who was yeah who was talking through this. but Chris uh, Boucher. Chris gets yeah, the, Chris Boucher gets yeah. the stage two win. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, uh, RFK, man. And and I hate that the chase incident also ruined Brad's day. Um, he got a bunch of nose damage after what had happened, um, and he was having a really good day as well. Uh, Chris Busher actually benefited from that whole scenario because he pit, had the fresh tires, and goes up there and takes that stage win, which was pretty cool. Right on. Very he wants cool. to take us through stage three. Yeah, uh, so stage three was probably the most calm of the stages. This is really where I think the, like, this is where things started smoothing out and we started to really see, like, the finish of the race start to form in the final stages of the race um, start to form. Meaning that we started to see the people who would be out front at the end. Um, Truex, Reddick, Blaney, Byron, they were all duking it out in the top like five or so uh, this entire stage and through all of stage four. Um, we also saw Bubba getting some good speed, although he kept on getting hit by penalties. Um, yep. Like, I think a improper something with equipment maybe speeding in pit lane Uh, i think he got speeding yeah and he got hit by mcdowell that was earlier in the race but he got hit by mcdowell yeah trying to leave his box and that ruined their pit stop yeah so uh yeah stage three for the most part pretty clean very good racing and uh ryan blaney ends up taking it that is his first stage win of the year nice yeah uh to your point stage three was where it had been a cool day the whole day, but we were finally transitioning into a nighttime period. 
uh, to which the track was cooling a little bit more, and that would be the kind of track we would see for the whole rest of the day. Certain cars were finally coming to light. Byron, by lieu of pit stall choice or, or getting that first pit stall, um, kept coming out first every single time, but he did not have a top five car. His car was probably more like an eighth to twelfth place car, uh, but he kept staying up there because of the pits. Um, and his car finally came to life, and and so so did Bowman for what it's worth. So did Larson. Uh, Larson was getting up in there. I, I noticed that name's not on here, but Larson was right up in there as well. Um, the Hendrick cars came to life finally because it was nighttime, and that was when the race was originally supposed to be run, right? And no no practice or anything like that. So, um, yeah. I want to talk about Larson a little bit here because he was dead in the water in the first, you know, 200, 300 mm-hmm. miles of this race. And then they, they took their time. He came in. Crew chief is under an absolute genius under the hood. And they came out of that adjustment and were just, they had a rocket ship. Boom. Immediately. They just drive right through the field all the way up in the top 10, maybe even top five. It's like, yep. what does that guy have in his like logbook of races and information that other crew chiefs don't have? Because he went from, like, literally out of the race to right in there in the top five. It was insane. Yeah, Cliff, Cliff, Cliff Daniels and Kyle Larson, granted, I'm a fan here. So, Cliff Daniels and Kyle Larson are the closest thing to Jimmy Johnson and Jack Knauss right now. Cliff Daniels is an encyclopedic knowledge of racing setups and just exactly what he needs to do with his car. As well as being a no-bullshit no, no cheerleader for his, his, his uh, driver. If you remember the Coke 600 last year... They had a pit problem. Uh, Larson made some mistakes. They hit the wall early on in the race. And at the end of stage two, or or basically before they got to the end of stage two, Larson was saying something around the lines of, like, I fucking hate it here. I just want to leave. He was down on himself. He was down on the team. And Cliff said, just finish. You had 32 laps. Finish the stage. And at that point, if if, if you already forgot it, you need to go back and listen to it. I'm sure NASCAR posted it in the lead up to this. Such a good mid-race pep talk that I've never really heard from anyone ever. Um, he just gets on the radio and Cliff just goes, "We all that bullshit's behind us. It doesn't matter. We still have 300 miles. We have a very fast car and a championship team. We're going to go up there and we're going to compete. And sure enough, he went up there and led the race. And basically, besides Chase Briscoe screwing up yet another finish, uh, he, he basically was going to win that race. So... Um, that's who Cliff Daniels is, and he's probably the best uh, crew chief on any pit box any given weekend. So, yeah, their comeback uh, was very, very impressive. Um, uh, Bubba as well. Bubba's another one. We saw a lot of guys go under yeah. the hood, uh, you know, adjusting springs, doing doing the things that you would do during practice. Um, and it's kind of nice that they can do some of that during the race, especially a long race like this. You get the chance um, on a number, a good number of cautions during each stage, uh, made the race more exciting. It just does um, when they get more chances to make some changes. So, yeah. Um, cool. Anything else about stage three y'all want to talk about? Should we hop on to the finish? Was it stage three where, um, what was the one car where he goes into the grass and he goes, oh man, they're going to have to, was it Tyler Reddick in that, um, it's North Carolina it's a blue stage, car? Stage four. Stage, oh, that was yep. stage four, right? He goes, well, I'll just talk about it real quick while we're on it. He goes, oh boy, I'm going to have to change my shorts after that one. <laughs> just that yep. insane save he was so far around saves it and goes flying through the grass he was probably like he said he was uh he was a little brown underneath the uh suit there yeah there's some interesting parallels to last year's coke 600 which was the inspiration for us to even go to this one um just felt necessary uh given how good the race had been uh 
basically got to the end of the race uh, last year, and Reddick passed four guys coming out of turn four. Another thing to go back and look at. It's really cool. He goes through that red that red grass, which is not grass; it's turf, um, where the roval makes you cut down. He goes through it and passes guys that are all competing for positions, and passes four guys coming to the line uh, and advances position. So he had a real pass in the grass that he was really excited about there. In this case, it was the exact opposite in a way. He lost it coming out of turn four. He's trying to run down Blaney, and he. His car was faster than Blaney in that moment. Blaney had the arrow advantage and yeah. was staying out front. But he was catching him, lost it, got the tail under the wall, straightens it, stays mostly in the gas, if you hear from the onboard footage, goes through that, again, that red turf, recollects it, lost maybe three to four seconds, but stayed in the hunt. Yeah, it was a really impressive save, especially just to be able to keep on going. Um, yeah. It's very well done. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's uh let's talk about this here final stage, which I was yeah. a pretty big fan of. Um you got to, it. anyone want to take us through it or should I? It's all you. Nobody else should do it but you. Uh, what a treat. So uh okay. Thirty four pits on his own and loses a tire with fifty six to go. Great. Yellow flag. Very fun. Lots of yellow flags throughout this stage. Basically, from the final 50, from 50 to go to 20 to go, I mean, it is just nonstop yellow flags. Me and the kid uh, in the seats next to us just kept on looking at each other after uh, each of the crashes and like threw our hands and we're like, oh, these freaking guys, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> Just crash after crash. Um, William Byron won every single race off of Pit Road. Yep. Uh, in large part because he had the first pit stall, which is just cheat codes. He also does have a really good pit crew, and they kept on giving sure. him really, really good stops. But he wins every single race off of Pit Road. Um, Blaney's crew also keeps him in the race with pretty good pit stops. Uh, thankfully no major disasters. Um, but we eventually get to 20 to go. Blaney has got the lead at the restart. He ends up taking the lead, uh, by a pretty good margin while people are fighting behind him and he takes it all the way home. And my boy, Ryan Blaney snaps an over year long winless streak to win the Coke 600. 49 race winless streak broken at a crown jewel. Special moment. I think 59. 59 oh, 59. Race. My bad. Yeah, I should yeah. change them. July, July Daytona uh, two years ago. So he was, he was closing in on a two-year winless streak. Um, yeah, I he was on Dale Jr. download, but all the obvious things need to be said here when you go through these long winless streaks, which is like, you start doubting yourself. I mean, he had Kyle Petty that we talked about a couple weeks ago, or I guess it was like a couple months ago. Kyle Petty literally saying, Mate, this guy's one of the most overrided drivers in the garage, right? Like, you hear that. You, even if you don't want to hear it, even if you act like you, you, you hear it. Um, and you have guys that are starting to talk about, like, maybe maybe this guy should be an Xfinity. Maybe you should, maybe you should take a year out, you know? Uh, you know, the Cole Custer route, basically. Like, you're, you hear it, and it's there. Um, for one of the most popular drivers, it's always going to be in your head. Am I 
do I have this sponsorship? Do I have this ride because of how popular I am? Uh, or because I'm actually good at what I do. And, uh, it's that, it's that self doubt that creeps in that makes you make mistakes and keeps you for wins. Um, he should have won a couple races last year and I bet some of it was confidence issues, right? Um, it really, it really matters. The Michael Jordans of the world know that they're the best because they think that they're the best. Um, and they never stop believing that. And, and Blaney at the top of this game in this race to end the race, uh, to, to new guy's point, Byron kept beating him out of pit lane. Uh, one restart, he was two rows back. I want to say like the fifth and sixth row. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, I like that he had to earn it. I like that you could pass here. I like that it wasn't like he was just out front the whole time and it was an arrow-dependent arrow race that he could just win by staying out front and running other people's lines. He went out there and won that race. He had probably the best car, but he went out there and won that race anyway. So, The emotion that he showed after in the interview was, man, he was choking up, and, and I can see mm-hmm. why, right? He did, he did the copycat celebration, so we had Joseph Newgarden in the Indy goes into the crowd to celebrate with the fans and uh Blaney didn't really do a burnout he just you know up and down the track a little bit saluted uh did a big salute got out of his car crawled through the fence and celebrated with the fans and then after that fan celebration he's he's got the post-race interview and you could tell it's like the weight of the world just came off his shoulders and and very happy Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the interview and then it kind of set in that holy shit I just won the coke 600 so very very cool moment there at the end of the race yeah I I'll say I, I'm going to apologize to at least one of the guys, one of my co-hosts here. I did him a disservice. Uh, News is new guy's favorite driver. And a lot of times, like, I think of Blaney as someone that I've liked since he entered the sport. But he's not my favorite driver. Uh, he's definitely way up there. Really, really like Blaney. Um, but also think that Blaney's already made it. And when you have a long winless streak as a fan... You start thinking the same things. Uh, I'm not going to repeat some things that new guy has said uh, because we all say it in these moments. Yeah. But the guy is a top-tier A-list driver. And in these moments, it's nice to – I mean, it's nice to see it on TV. But if you're there and you get to see it when the streak's broken, it's better than seeing the guy win his 10th race of the year. It just is. Oh, it's so much better. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, even, I'll say what I said to you at the beginning of uh... – at the beginning of the race, like before the cup race started, I said to Brian, I don't think that Blaney could win a championship Um, just because he's choked over and over and over. And, you know, he's I'm I've remained a fan through all of it, but it kind of sucks. And like it makes you sort of reevaluate your expectations. And I mean, I think that this race right here, it really showed what Blaney is capable of and I've completely Mm -hmm. like yeah I mean after seeing his dominance I think like the part that especially sold it for me was like that confidence for him to on all these restarts where he kept on not being in first like starting from the second or third row or even just having to let uh, Byron choose you know what line he wanted to start in the fact that he kept on being able to fight through that he was strong in traffic he was strong in the lead um you know this this really showed what blaney is capable of and Mm -hmm. like i i think that there is he's got a lot going for him now like if you can win this race it really proves that you can do a whole whole lot and i think that this is the kind of confidence boost that he really needed to be able to keep things going so i mean like i think i saw that he is favorite to win this upcoming race as well uh, yeah 
I don't know. We'll see whether or not he can actually maintain some momentum and uh, avoid having another 59 winless streak. And also, by the way, Blaney, if you're going to do that, wait 10 more races, okay? (laughs) Winning a championship is hard in sports, right? We all know this. We all follow different sports teams. I'm a lifelong Milwaukee Bucks fan. They were absolute garbage for the first 25 years of my life. They finally got good. They choked in the playoffs two, three times. Like, they lost to the Raptors. They lost in the bubble. Year after the bubble, they finally win a championship. Like, all of the years that sucked, all the chokes, that one special yeah. win, it just makes up for it. And this year, the Bucks, right back to we're the number one seed. We lose in the first round. It's like sports has its ups oh, and downs. Yeah. And, and yeah. enjoy the ups because there's probably going to be a lot more downs than ups. Yeah, it humbles you. Sports humbles you easily, uh, both as an athlete and as a fan, and I think uh, almost more so NASCAR. Uh, you know, NBA and other sports, it's always interesting because only one in every 30 wins. Um, only one in every 30, well, 36 week-to-week drivers and cup wins any given weekend, but only one in 36 wins a championship. So, like, the measure by which you, like, evaluate your own driver sometimes is based on their previous performance and maybe it's a guy that like runs top 15 and now he's running top fives Bubba comes to mind right now I think Bubba's having the hottest streak of his career right now 23 11s coming together um uh Ryan Blaney had just went through a season in which he won three races two years ago or four races I think he won four races um and in the playoffs won two races and looked like a guy that if he doesn't make the final four, he's definitely going to make it next year. Or he's going to be right there. He was right there last year. And a lot of people forget that he was winless. He was the only winless driver to make the playoffs last year. Yeah. But he was, I always like to say it in NBA terms. He was a three pointer or two, like, like being an inch or two forward or backward from making the final four. Um, I, I just, I, I think like people think, that just because you're not the team lifting the trophy at the end of the year, that you had a disappointing year. And and I'm not going to quote Giannis here, but I did like his quote. It's not a failure to finish close, to be just there, to know that there's an execution point or two that you can get better at and be there. That's where Blaney is. And that winning this race is a turning point and can be a turning point. Um, you know, it's the ebbs and flows of sports, man. Yeah, I'm putting money on him to win the championship right now. We're doing it. Boys. Good. Double it. <laughs> so I, I've got a <laughs> triple it. I've got a couple final thoughts on, on the Coke 600 here. So this is my first time going to the Coke 600. We, we went to Daytona last year, and to me that Daytona was like, okay, this is – it's a crown jewel race, but it's more just a destination race where, where people go to say they went to the Daytona 500. The Coke 600 is – you're a hardcore fan. You want to see, in my opinion, the crown jewel of the year, the Ironman race of the year. This race blew my expectations out of the water. The number of cars that could pass, the number of lines that you could run, the number of strategies oh that we saw, it was just unbelievable. I was talking with my dad on on Tuesday while we were kind of brewery hopping around waiting for the airport, and he goes, you know, we went to some Chicagoland races. They were fun, but he goes, that was just mm-hmm. unbelievable racing. Ludicrous. Yeah. You know, I remember when uh, when we went to Slinger with your dad, like the thing that the thing that I dug hard about 
uh, SRX at Slinger was just that they were side by side, lap after lap after lap after lap, and that was awesome to see. But like a lap at Slinger is like ten seconds, is yeah, that right? quarter miles. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, we saw lap, we saw side by side racing, lap after lap, at Charlotte, like leaders staying side by side for full laps. Like people were taking so many different lines, like it was just. It was a fascinating race to watch individual drivers, the different lines that they would explore throughout each of the different corners. Um, yeah, there was so much passing. I mean, I'm, you know, uh, I had gone to one previous Coke 600 with Brian, and I don't, if I remember correctly, the racing was not that great. It was a fuel mileage race. NASCAR has just straight up dialed this in. Mm-hmm. Um these cars are perfect for half miles. The racing, I mean, it was four or five people trading the lead. You had people like Bubba fighting up through the field over and over. Yeah, I mean, this was just like, this might have been one of the best races that I've seen in person. This might have been the best race that I've seen in person. And this, I think, is the best race of the year. I, I, I do think um, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, I would be really hard for me to go through the archives here and figure out what my best race in person was. Um, but as this crew, to have seen Daytona last year and Coke 600 this year, are we not batting a 1,000? Jesus. Oh, yeah. What boy, good oh races, man. Holy hell. Um, it doesn't always go like this unless <laughs> you see real stinkers. Um, but the one thing that is becoming very clear to me um, is that as NASCAR tinkers with the car, you can make some assumptions based on the previous year. What races are good? What races aren't so good? Which ones are they still trying to dial in? Which ones are worth going to? And make some really good judgments based on that. You're always going to have some races that are going to deliver. A Bristol night race delivers. Um, the super speedways tend to deliver. There's going to be certain ones that you can definitely go to. But to baby g's point the coke 600 is a thing that you go to because it's a crown jewel because you get to go to race shops because you're there with like nascar's quintessential fans um not because you're there with all the sponsors that are bringing all their people for free races and and trying to remind them why they spend so much on sponsoring a race car um like you do at daytona um yeah it's uh it's it's an experience that everyone has to have and and we, we, we're we going to have some more discussions about what we do next year. I, I definitely kind of like the Daytona thing, and I still like going back to Daytona. But I'm also, if y'all are willing to keep trying a different one, I've got I've got some other choices that I might throw y'all's way. I wanted to do Daytona, but I'm down to do another, you know. Oh, jeez. Well, we Here we go. We can Here talk we go. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, last last comment that I had on the end of the stage, or sorry, end of the stage, end of the race, um, was that Bubba – had always kind of been like a 10th place car, maybe, um, maybe be way worse than that. A 10th place car, even after the adjustments and everything. But then on that last restart, uh, goes from 10th to fourth stays there and gets a top five Tyler Reddick. And this is, uh, this is part of the reason I said I did a disservice to new guy. I should have been filming him, watching him watch his favorite driver win uh, a race that was so big. Um, that would have been, that would have been what a good friend and good fan does. Um, (laughs) I was, I was too salty, man. I was salty that Tyler Reddick, um, that I want to see him win in person so badly. And then I had to see lose because of chase fucking Briscoe at Bristol dirt. Um, I had to see lose. Like I wanted him to win. And the fact that he was running fifth was upsetting to me. But when Bubba got up there fourth, man, I was stoked and, uh, makes for the first, um, 
race in which 2311 had both their cars in the top five. Uh, they are killing it right now. Yeah, yeah. You love to see it. They're Yeah, I mean, they're figuring their stuff out. They're dialing it in. Michael must be pretty happy. And that's what we do it for. Yep. That's what we do it do for. Do it for the mic. Do it for the mic. All right, should we talk about some storylines? Let's get into it. Uh, so Memorial Day weekend, U.S. Motorsports viewership. Let's list it off here. Unsurprisingly, Indy 500 largest viewership with 4.92 million viewers, myself being one of them. Coke 600, 3.4 million. Pretty solid. Lots of people. That's good numbers. Especially on a Monday. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Memorial Day, so that helps. It, but. It, for, for what it's worth, the comparable number was, I think, 3.8 million on the Sunday the year before. Okay. That's how many people tuned in on a on a Monday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, which was, what, like, t- like noon Pacific Coast time? So, yeah. wow. Well done, NASCAR. And then Monaco Grand Prix, the boringest race. Although this was actually an <laughs> all right Monaco Grand Prix because there was a little bit of rain. As far as Monaco yeah. goes, having a little bit of rain and two cars spinning out, that's an exciting Monaco. It's basically as exciting as Texas is. Yeah, yeah. But 1.79 million viewers. Um, oh, yeah. Lots of people watching yeah. racing this weekend. You love to oh, hear yeah. it. It's the it's the best weekend of racing um in yeah. in uh uh the world. So Who wants to tell us about this big honking penalty? Yeah, this is a big one. So NASCAR bringing down the hammer on Stuart Haas racing for Chase Briscoe's car. So 120 driver and owner points, 25 playoff points, 6 week suspension for crew chief Johnny K. And a fine of 250000 for a counterfeit underwing part. So what happened here is they took Briscoe's car to R&D after the Charlotte race, and they found some modified parts, which is a big, big, big no-no with the new single-source supplier. So NASCAR is not messing around with trying to bend the rules and adjusting your car. They want the cars to be the same, and if you don't do it, this is a prime example. We're dropping the hammer. Huge penalties. Yeah, uh, I it's comical. This is comical to me. I like it's not. It's not just even modified parts. It's it's got counterfeit part. They tried to build one that would be impassable or passable. I mean, and 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 look the same and work the same, but be able to be tweakable or something like that. They're not going to tell us exactly what went down or, or what what the modification was or what you know what they were trying to accomplish with it. But Prisco was terrible. He was awful. Yeah. Did not work. He was running horrible <laughs> with the Rick Ware racing cars. Um, way back there. Uh, Maybe go back just, to the stock what here. The fuck? <laughs> just yeah, I, I everything about this is kind of comical and just indicative of where Stuart Haas racing is right now, outside of the four car. Um, <laughs> they got to do something like this, but the fact that they just got so slapped down so hard. Uh, because of it is is honestly very comical yeah um i do think that it's pretty funny on the nascar subreddit in the post about this the first the top reply is nascar done turned briscoe into brisket which is pretty good <laughs> but then the response to it is from chase briscoe himself saying "Ooh, burn 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> I dig I dig drivers popping into Reddit to comment on yeah, uh, yeah. on stuff going on, especially if uh, it's yeah. acknowledging that he got burnt. So by the way, I, I just I just made a comment about Rick Ware Racing and I, I would be remiss if I didn't give a couple shout outs um and specifically to Rick Ware Racing because they finished sixteenth. JJ Yilly finished sixteenth in the fifteen car at the Coke six hundred and it wasn't because like a ton of people crashed out that they legitimately made a good car that that raced really well that's the highest finish they've ever had at a non-super speedway race so good on you rick Ware racing zane smith his first top 10 um ever in cup series ricky stenhouse jr seventh kyle bush wrecked and came back finished sixth good shit yeah um you know we didn't talk at all about this confrontation that happened between almirola and Bubba Wallace, I'm watching a recording oh, yeah. that someone made of it right now. And apparently Bubba gave the finger to Almirola. <laughs> and then uh, during the rain delay, the very brief like mid-race rain delay, Almirola came up and talked to Bubba and shoved him. After which like Bubba got back up in his face defending himself. Apparently drivers don't really like Almirola that much. He yeah. Bubba said that he's two faced, and I mean, I believe I believe Bubba on this one. Yeah, I think he's basically a less talented Joey Logano. Um, uh, as is the way that I see it. Uh, it seems to have the same kind of triggers and same kind of like two facedness. But, um, yeah, I I get that some people don't like getting flicked off. Uh, it was so funny because I, I I messaged Big Boyer. Um, and uh. And we were talking about it, and he was saying, "Oh, that's this is why Bubba and Almirola got into a, a tiff in the in the rain delay." And I was just like, "Oh, okay, gotcha." Um, that seems like such a dumb thing to get mad about, but also like on Bubba's side, it's it's kind of childish to be flipping off people that like aren't your friends and that you don't know if how they're gonna take it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but my dad's response to this because I just I just had to pull it up because I think it's funny um, is that on his drive home. Uh, uh, on on his drive back to his house, uh, he had two women flip him off, and he kind of liked it. <laughs> nice, <laughs> what a bad boy. <laughs> That's good. That's really funny. Uh, oh man! All jokes aside, yeah, just don't flip off people that you don't know how they're gonna take it. Uh, I, I I got nothing else to say about it. Um, Speaking of nothing else to say, funny. NASCAR announces that we're going back to Phoenix next year. I, I think this is to the surprise of nobody but november 1st to 3rd 2024 next season's phoenix championship man i want it i wanted a homestead again boo i want to go to miami that's a big reason (laughs) Uh, hell yeah miami in november sign me up man that's a no-brainer i want to play welcome to miami welcome to miami um all right uh yeah phoenix is fine it's not racing very well i there's i've said this before on this podcast but i'm going to say it again um i really like a championship race that we don't go to twice in a year just i really like the idea of nobody really no information who's going to have the best car yeah there's something really nice about that but phoenix is a great facility uh i know we talked about potentially going there this year maybe we can go there next year too i'm always down i'm west coast bound so like let's just do it uh, we can go to the barn, uh, Jeff Gordon's bar that's out front, um, and, and party with the champions after they win. Um, it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah, we had fun there. If, on- if only the racing was slightly better. Yeah. Womp womp. 
I think I fell asleep during one of the races. Um, you did, <laughs> and it was the yeah. year that the racing was still good. Uh, yeah. Last year was the first year of it being really bad. So, yeah. Um, that yeah, that it, was mostly just me being tired and drinking too much the previous day. Well, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> I, listen, I've got I've got NASCAR traditions that I follow. He does, he does. By the way, uh, the prediction that I put out during last week's podcast, which if you haven't given it a listen, you should, about new guys drinking habits and exactly how he was 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 relatively accurate. I'd yeah. say I give myself like a seventy five percent, which is yeah, pretty good. I would, it was commendable. It was commendable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know my boy. <laughs> um, speaking of knowing our boys, we, we brushed over the Indy 500 and I know we're about to get in some other series of what's coming up, but I want to talk the Indy 500 real quickly. Um, it was awesome. It was great. Yeah. Good. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Hate all the red flags. Hate the tire thing had me like literally, s- what do they call it? Surrender Cobra hands on head. So afraid that someone died. Like just very, very afraid. Um, I know there was, I had to think back to it, but I thought about it. I had a lot of, a lot of driving time to think about stuff. Um, I thought back to it and I remembered Indy lost its, uh, like the Indy car series lost a tire at Charlotte. The first time they ever went to Charlotte and killed a bunch of fans or killed at least a couple fans. Um, and that shit happens, man. It's wild, but it happens. Thank God it just hit a car and I saw that Penske is going to buy that person a new car. So, um, yeah, that was pretty spooky. They need to figure out why the tether failed there. Like, mm-hmm. that just shouldn't be able to happen. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, Joseph Newgarden gets the win. Penske gets the sweep, uh, something that nobody's ever done before. It's really just either Penske or Ganassi ever had a chance. Um, but Penske, Penske gets it done. That's pretty sweet. Well done, Roger. All right, Old well, Big Rog doing it. So... Uh, coming up this weekend, we've got the Spanish GP in F1, which qualifying just finished. I did watch did. Q3 while we were recording this. And yep, too. <laughs> b- believe it or not, a crazy Max is on pole. <laughs> Whoa. 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 Amazing. I think wow. the, yeah, the thing of note that I see or saw in Q3 was that Lando Norris is third. Um, that's McLaren cool. hasn't that's had fun. speed really at all this year, so um, that's yeah. surprising. Um, and that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. Russell didn't make Q3. Um, neither did. Uh, neither did Checo. So that's fun. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. I totally forgot that man. Checo talking a big game, saying, I, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna compete for this championship." No, Boy, get up on the wheel! <laughs> Don't lie to us, Checo. Come on, bud. I know. He's Ryan we Blaney to uh, Verstappen's Logano right now. Wow, how dare you? Yeah, uh, how get up on the wheel. Dare you? And then uh, Formula E is in Jakarta. Where's Jakarta? I don't know. I was gonna ask the same thing. Uh, I do not know. Well, baby G's gonna look it up. Oh, Indonesia. Oh, okay. Damn, man, Formula E really goes to some weird places, like Portland. Oh, Looks like it's uh, a baby. one day, one hour flight from my location right now. So I think I'm gonna be missing this one, boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you, Google. There's a forty percent chance of rain. Oh, That's fun. I, what? 
when is does anyone know when the race is? What time? Oh shit! Actually, that's an Indonesia point. race. Is it a night race here? It's like ninety degrees. <sighs> Sounds nice. Sounds like Miami. Um, Welcome while he's looking to that part up, uh, IndyCar is going to be at Chichua. Oh, it's uh, already over. Never Chichua. mind. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, no. I'll go races. back and watch. Okay. I'll stop talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Detroit GP, um, IndyCar this weekend. I, I'm realizing more and more that even though I kind of bad talk uh, IndyCar, that I should watch more of it because yeah. of the races I've seen this year, they've been really dang good. Yeah, it seems to be the open wheel like racing series to watch these days. Yeah. Yeah, and Formula E is pretty good too. Uh, totally worth watching, but um, I guess it's not it's not a Detroit uh, doubleheader like it used to be. Um, yeah, yeah. Just just uh, three o'clock Sunday, June fourth. Um, tune in. Probably gonna be a good good track. Do it. Yeah, there are uh, the Indy NXT. Is that Indy Next? That's the lower series, I guess. There's yes, a, it's the uh, smaller cards. Yeah, there's one race on Saturday. And then uh, there's Sports Car Classic, Classic Sports Car Race on Saturday as well. And then uh, Indy Next Race 2 is on Sunday at 12.50 Eastern, followed by the Chevrolet IndyCar Grand Prix at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Nice. Cars. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tune in, you know. Don't gotta twist my arm. Dang. I was hoping to. Um, <laughs> I might miss it. I'm flying. I got an early flight tomorrow. I'm not nuts about that. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Rough. Um, well, talk to me when you just drove all the way around the country in four days. And uh, <laughs> yeah, there's enough. like still a fifty-fifty shot. I looked at tickets before I uh, closed my eyes last night because uh, I'm in Portland and the race is here in Portland today. There's a fifty-fifty cool. shot that I go to the race, or and the other fifty percent is I lay in bed and watch Gilmore Girls and have the race <laughs> on silent. Um, <laughs> I don't know which way I'm leaning right in this moment. Uh, talking NASCAR is probably leaning me towards going to the race, but. Tickets are expensive, man. They're like sixty-five bucks for uh, just Xfinity. Get out of my huh. get out of my ass. I don't even know that's what I meant to say. I'm just getting really tired over here. That's good, someone yeah. save this podcast. Speaking of speaking of getting my ass, so we're going to <laughs> Madison, Illinois, Gateway Raceway for the Cup Series and the trucks, and Xfinity is going to be all the way out by B Boy in Portland. So, truck one thirty Eastern on Saturday, the Toyota two hundred thirty-five thirty-five ninety. And Xfinity also on Saturday, 4.30 Eastern, Pacific Office Automation, 147, 25, 25, 25. Cup on Sunday, 3.30, the Illinois 300, 45, 95, 100. So I heard that the cup race is another sellout at Gateway. So this is the second year they're going back to Gateway, back on the schedule. Pretty cool to see that uh, the fans are loving it, and it's going to be a big crowd out there. Yeah. Big testament. I, I look. I said what our strategy has become for choosing what race to go to the next year. Uh, NASCAR fans are re- reacting the exact same way. Have a good race. We'll show up. We'll go. We'll watch. That's what's happening. And that's where, like, every single time that I see someone having another comment about how NASCAR needs to change the cars or go back to the shut the fuck up. All right? 
when NASCAR is delivering at certain ones of these tracks, they need to not touch it at all. And then they need to change the ones that they can't get good races at, like some of the short tracks right now and maybe some of the road courses. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm excited. I like the I like I like a weekend where they're all in one place. But I like these weekends where we get two completely different types of races. One of got to only be a couple of weekends that we have this happen all year. So I would say, B-Boy, we got to get to this race today if you can make it happen. I'm going to try my Fire best, up the man. Monster I... Beast Unleashed. Lock in. That's what I... <laughs> take a nap and hit the track. Right. I'll <laughs> say I emptied the cooler. I got back here and I emptied the cooler and got the freezy packs in the freezer just in case um so i'm very i'm as prepped as i can be and i have a couple hours to make this decision so i'm gonna try and uh try and (laughs) gather up my i don't know what i'm saying someone else talk previous winners 2022 logano (laughs) so let's what are we gonna do spartan heart picks yeah let's Let's do do it it. Uh, okay let me let me run us through okay i can do this part all right All right, so last week, uh, B-Boy had Kyle Larson and Joey Logano. Um, they <laughs> Larson just spun out in a corner in the last stage and took out Joey Logano, so they finished 30th and 21st, respectively. Bad, bad week for B-Boy. Um, new guy had Ryan Blaney and <laughs> Bubba Wallace Baby. for one of the best um, weekends of picks all year. Um, the only the third one in which someone resulted in a negative average because remember we give a negative five for a mm-hmm. win beautiful and baby g had denny hamlin and kyle bush who finished 35th and 6th respectively Ooh. um sorry for that 35th that's all chase elliott's fault just don't pick him um that was a bad average for you as well so basically new guy finally like we ryan it, blaney we did it broke through um, the averages are now as follows. Um, also, new guy that was your first race winner this year, so congrats on that too. We did it. Um, in first place, B Boy with a twelve point four six. In second place, uh, Baby G with a fourteen point eleven. And in third place, but closing the gap is new guy with a sixteen average. I think one of the most interesting things happened right as I filled in these values this week is that. Um, most of us are picking better with our heart picks than we are with our smart picks. Except for you, new guy. Your average overall is 16. Your average for your heart is 16. And your wow. average for your smart is 16. That's wild. How did that... I don't even understand. How, how does that, that happen? happen? Consistency, my friend. I'm consistently mediocre. I thought I did math wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it's rigged. NASCAR is rigged to... Yep. Uh, affect our smart heart picks. That's the main thing that's raked around. That's what we need everyone to know. All right, uh, so starting with our third place, that would be New Guy. Um, oh, new Guy, baby. what you got? Let's run it back. Ryan Blaney. Ooh. I'm going to jump in on Martin Truex Jr. All right, let me make sure I get these in. I always have to put these in here, and then I also have to be the one to go and figure out what the fuck my pick's going to be because I always have to pick last because I'm always in first place. And all right, jeez, uh, where are we at? We're here. And I'm riding the wave. Let's do the 45, Tyler Reddick. Got that fresh T-shirt from the merch stand. Lock, yep. lock in, I like it. Ooh, baby. All right. I think for my heart pick, let's have a little gander here. Oh, yeah. That's right. Boys, 
let's run it back. Bubba Wallace. Ah, uh, knew it. This feels like cheating. Kyle Larson, the five. How is he outside the top ten? Jesus. That's what I thought when I pulled up um, the standings. Yeah, it's uh, it's tight. It's tight in there. Um, man, I'm I'm gonna. I really wanted to have the twenty three eleven sweep. I'm not gonna be able to get it. I'm doing it. I'm picking the nine of Corey LaJoy. I was gonna say I, I was hoping wow. someone would maybe jump in on that. That's a f- that's a fun pick. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Um. I'm gonna have it be the nine, or actually, I'm gonna have it be the seven on our sheet, so that I'm I'm getting credit for the person that I'm picking. But obviously, I'll get the finish of the nine. Um, cool, dope. Well, uh, looking forward to seeing how those shake out. Uh, that brings us into uh, hopefully what is a very quick segment of rapid fire. Yeah, uh, we are. Uh, almost an hour and a half into this recording. Do y'all want to do one rapid fire each? One rapid fire sounds good. I'm going last though, so. All right, baby G, you started us off today. Why don't you start us off in rapid fire? All right, I got a real rapid one for you. So I'm gonna give each of you five different driver numbers, and you're gonna give me a quick like, dislike, or neutral. So B boy, you're gonna be up first. I'll give you five. Let's just Hold do on. one at a time. Am I am, am I judging the number? Or the person who drives. Person who drives it. I'm gonna give you the number. You okay. either like, dislike, or neutral on the driver. Okay. Thirty-four. Like. Twenty-two. Dislike. Ninety-nine. Like. Nine. Dislike. Two. Neutral. All right, new guy. Nineteen. Uh, like. Eight. Used to dislike. Come around to him, huh? Eight. Uh, I think I like him. Twenty-one. Yeah. Twenty-one. We have here Harrison Burton. Extraordinarily neutral. I was gonna say you had to look up who the driver was. Yeah. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Can I say love? Absolutely. Oh, boy, yeah. And <laughs> final one. Forty-seven. Forty-seven. Oh my god! Oh, pretty Ricky, I like him. So I forgot to I'm say a fan I of all these guys. So for, I, I forgot to say I threw um, ten numbers in a random number generator, and if the number wasn't there, I just took the next highest without going over. Nice. So that's how I came up with the numbers. Dig it! All right, Very I got good. some numbers for you. I'm, I'm gonna because I want you to be involved as well. Get ready. You ready? Sure. Twenty. Neutral. Christopher Bell. Uh, I'm just going to start saying the person's name because I think it's a little bit easier. Alex Bowman. Like. AJ Allmendinger. Neutral. Ryan Priest. Dislike. <laughs> All right. And uh, who wasn't said? Ross Chastain. Like. Nice. It's a firecracker. Right. Cool. And that I like has that. been I like, like that. dislike. I wonder, like, if we gave those grades at the beginning of the season and then had to do it every, like, 10 races or something, how it would change. That would be year. funny, yeah. yeah. All right, who's up? Um, I'll go here. Uh, what race that you have not been to do you most want to go to? Uh, for me personally, 
I'm leaning Sonoma just because I got family that lives 20 minutes from the track. So Ooh. I think it'd be fun to see family racing, bring some of them along with us, hit wine country. Nice little slam dunk uh, extended stay. Nice. Dig it. B-Boy? Um, my, yeah, mine's really, it's that's a tough one. Um, mostly because I've just been to so many. It doesn't have to be NASCAR. <clears throat> oh, okay. Um, Ooh, that changes things for me quite a bit. Yeah, Silverstone is super high on my list. If I'm going international, um, I'd love to go to uh, uh, Silverstone. Yeah. Uh, just It's always been – I love driving it growing up. Um, NASCAR, though, I actually gave it a thought, and actually the answer is really easy. It's Martinsville. I really want to go to Martinsville. Ooh. Sonoma, very high on my list, though, as well, uh, mostly because of the ambiance of the Napa Valley experience. Uh-huh. Enchante. Baby G, what's your non-NASCAR race? Love to go to the Indy 500 someday. Not a real priority, but at some nice. time in my life, I got to get there for it. Just you see how many people are there. It's it's absolutely insane. I kind of want to go next year. If we don't do Charlotte again, uh, I might I might make the schlep down to the 500. Um, I would say that my NASCAR race that I want to go to is Watkins Glen. Hmm. And yeah. my any race is um, Lamar. See that 24 hours. Uh, coming maybe. up next weekend as well here. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, oh, very yeah. soon. Uh, the Watkins Glen, man, I it was so high up on my list when I lived in Boston. And especially since I knew we could, like, go and camp. And I was really hoping that that final year I was going to have the camper and be, we were going to be able to meet up and do it. And now it just feels like a lifetime of to get over there. Um, yeah, yeah. Ask, ask me after a good night's sleep, and maybe I'll drive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Uh, my rapid fire, uh, just because it hadn't been brought up the whole podcast, is just like, um, how how was uh, go karting at Trackhouse Motorplex for this uh, this crew here? It was so much fun, man. Aside from getting uh, minor nerve damage in my leg, uh, <laughs> it was awesome. It was a great time. Um, driving fast cars, I've not done fast go-karts outside before, and that was, well, no, I've done it once before. I mean, but these were, these were fantastic. That track was so good. There were so mm -hmm. many people on the track as well. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. I had a good time because I really don't go go-karting very often. This was my second time in probably the last 10 years. So the first race, we did a three race series. The first race, I was just kind of out there trying to get comfortable learning where I can push, where I can't. But then after that first race, talking to you guys about, okay, I'm like really struggling here. What are you guys doing? So B-Boy, on the one turn you go, you see where it's dark? Just get as low as you can and floor it because there's so much grip. And I passed so many people on, after we were talking mm. to each other and finding out where we can push, who's doing what well, It every single race our, our time's improved, which was super fun and super awesome track, man. It was It was a great time. Yeah. Uh, it was, I, I've said this to y'all is it was the best go-karting experience I've had. Um, and only my second outdoor one, it was hard for me again, a lot of time thinking in the car, not to be like, well, am I buying a house this year? Am I buying a cabin? Am I buying a go-kart? Uh, <laughs> that came into my head. Uh -huh. Um, Priorities. Yeah, so, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I think I can make the go-kart and one of the other two things happen. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see, but, uh, yeah, it's just so much fun. And you I know, hear they, that they're... Oh, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, they're doing the better half uh, race this there. This is which what is, I was going to uh, say, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. The better half um, dash. It's, 
You better have to ask. Yeah, I think this is only the second year or maybe third year that they've done it, but it's all the racing wives and girlfriends and everything like that. And uh, I have all of our times, so I'm excited to uh, see how we compare if they post their times um, and see how how much of a a better half uh, dashers we could have been. Um, Lastly, because I'd be remiss not to say it, the results are as follows. B-Boy top top in every three all three races best second or second best lap overall baby g and bringing up the rear with nerve damage is new guy hey. but new guy was also the only one not What's to up? wreck and hit a barrier i uh did keep getting during my uh so on wednesday i like went to a doctor and then went to the er got an ultrasound etc and I did keep on making medical professionals laugh by making the same joke over and over. Uh, that, geez, I mean, I got this going go-karting, and my two guys that I was with, I was the only one that didn't crash. Both of them crashed, and they're not in the ER? This is bullshit. <laughs> um, the secret is crash, and you won't get hurt. From what I'm going to – I'm gonna actually, I was just going to say, I was going to break down what happened um, – <laughs> the beginning of this but we have some good live mic uh, uh breakdown of this that i'm just going to insert uh right here um i hope you all enjoyed that i enjoyed it i enjoyed the racing uh, i did not enjoy hitting the wall as i did uh but it was awesome good weekend yeah very good all right well that brings us to the end of rapid fire <laughs> And even though we had to miss it last week, we're back with New Guy Reads the Standings. Oh, boy. All right. Coming in in first place is Ross Chastain with 446 points. Only one point behind is my boy, Ryan Blaney, followed by William Byron. Only four points separating the top Mm -hmm. three. Pretty impressive. Kevin Harvick is in fourth place followed by martin Turex jr christopher bell tyler reddick denny hamlin in eighth followed by brad keselowski kyle bush rounding out the top 10 54 points behind the leader followed by kyle larson chris busher pretty ricky stenhouse jr joey the guy who kind of sucks logano then my dear <laughs> friend bubba wallace followed by some say that he is two Josh Berry's stacked on top of each other in a trench coat, but oh no, it's actually Alex, the 48 guy, Bowman. 150 points behind Ross Chastain. Yep, and 15 points ahead of Ty Gibbs for that last spot. All of our winners are in the top 16. Um, my things of note, Byron, didn't Byron have a penalty? Him and Bowman both had a that penalty, right? Um, 25 points, I want to say. So Byron would be the points leader without that. Uh, pretty interesting there. Larson, we were wondering why he's outside the top 10. Peak those five DNFs. Um, he has an equal <coughs> an equal amount of DNFs and top fives. He either wins or he gets wrecked. Um, and and <laughs> it's been Ross Chastain's fault or Alec, Eric Almarol's fault, basically. Uh, Beat them both up. Times. Um, yeah. Um, Bubba, huge streak that he's on. Very firmly in the playoffs right now. Uh, 46 points to my math. That's pretty fucking cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, Corey LaJoy, 19th. He is 
I can't do that math. He's 38 points out of Alex Bowman for 16th and has an opportunity in a Hendrick car to make up some points this week. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's it. Man, I think it's so cool seeing Bubba in 15th here considering how down on himself he was earlier this year. Like, I think especially uh, getting this big finish at uh, at the Coke 600. Like, that's got to be really big for his confidence. And he's, he's on a huge streak. Yeah, it's awesome. There must have been one hell of a speech from Michael Jordan in that 2311 garage at some point because at a certain point the whole team just flipped the script and they locked in. All right, well, that brings us to the end. Uh, let's take it out. This has been the podcast big one. You can follow us at podcast big one on Twitter or email us at podcast big one at gmail.com. We're going to post a lot of photos and stuff from our fun weekend together. Um, always tweet at us any of your fun photos and race weekends and knew there were some other podcasters that were out there this weekend. It was cool. Cool to see everyone having such a damn good time out in Charlotte and NASCAR's home. Um, uh, Looking forward to the next one. I don't know what it'll be, but it's it's we're looking forward to it. Um this has been B Boy. I've been new guy. Baby G, we out. Bye bye. See ya.